This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. So thankful for all, for all the answer prayers that we're, it's like we're getting some uh, immediate instant things. And uh, I like those immediate things. But sometimes it's a, a process, keep your faith out there. But uh, tonight's going to be awesome. Be here. Anybody experiencing pain, get them here tonight. Uh, need healing, deliverance, what, whatever it is. Financial breakthrough. Believe God's going to do it. And uh, like I said, we're seeing so many things. And your testimony, let me say this, your testimony makes a difference. Last week I talked about Paul's thorn in the flesh and got into the infirmities, I believe that was persecution, and that the way that we handle trouble and trials and pressures of life and these type things, it can bring glory to God when we take it the right way, when we're still boasting in the Lord, when we're still thankful and worshiping Him, it brings glory to God. And when you're persecuted, it said it's blasphemed, they're blaspheming the Lord, but from us it's glory to Him. And Every time that you give a testimony, you're bringing glory to God. So your testimony is important. I understand some of you don't want to be on video. And uh, I can understand that. Please write it out and let us get that where we can just stick it in the enemy's face and declare that our God is a great God. His power's not been shortened. He still does the miraculous. Nothing is impossible with him. So get your testimony, share it with people around you, because it'll make a difference. Those co-workers, tell them what the Lord has done and what he's doing, and that will be a, a place. You know, Jesus used healing as a hook to bring people into the kingdom. That, you know, healing is a demonstration of the love of God. It showed God's love. In fact, it, it, it showed that if he could heal the body, he could forgive the sin. We talked about that some in, the, in this series. But it, it demonstrated... How many know that there was no saved people when they got healed when Jesus was on the earth? All he ministered to was lost people. Heathens. He healed them. It's the goodness of the Lord. You know, religion says God makes you sick. Jesus came and pronounced and demonstrated that God didn't make you sick. The enemy makes you sick. That... Sickness is part of the curse that came from sin in the earth, but that God is the healer. He's always been the healer. His name is Jehovah Rapha. He never changed his name. He's always been healer. But see, man and, and human beings have got this tradition or religious thinking that's not God. But we get to represent him. We represent Him. Do you know if you have hands and you have a voice, you can pray for your co-worker? I did all the time on the job. Now, don't pray your 15-minute prayer. Here was my prayer. Jesus, heal him. Made it real simple. And I'll, I'll never forget the first guy I prayed for. We'd gotten back from a, a meeting early, and I'd look over him, his head's on his desk like this. 
name was Ken. I said, Ken, you, you okay on there? He said, no. I said, I'm not okay. I said, well, I'm, I crack a joke. I know it was a, a tough meeting, but come on. <laughs> He's in my head, and, you know, he goes, it's killing me. I said, uh, Ken, can I pray for you? He said, anything. <laughs> so I come over, put my hand on the shoulder, and I said, uh, Jesus healing, and I walked away. And I look over him, and he goes, whoa. That's what he did. He goes, oh. So what's the matter with you? He said, it's gone. He tells everyone. He tells everyone. I didn't have to. He's telling everyone. What happened to Ken? Bob, did you heal him? No, I didn't heal him. <laughs> Jesus is the healer. Trust me. <laughs> He's the healer. Have no power to heal. He's the healer. He gets the glory. He gets the honor. So what I want to minister today is, and this, the Lord just changed. I was up uh, Friday morning at 4.30 in the morning. I just happened to, I said, Lord, you do want me to preach. And I was taking questions from you guys. I said, you do want me to minister on that. And he goes, forgiveness. I said, yes, sir. And then I had probably five or six confirmations after that. <laughs> that that's what it was. And there's a connection. Many times we see people that have trouble getting healed. A lot of times it's, it's that area. Or I've seen people get healed and they lose their healing because they're not dealing with God's, what God's putting his finger on to forgive. So we're going to look at that. And I just want the Lord to minister to you. I believe it's going to set us up for tonight. So the power of forgiveness. And this is something I speak from, uh, from experience from, uh, from just really having such a, a bitterness and just... Uh, uh, anger and a hurt over some things that happened in my life and it just uh, affected my whole life. Because really, you think about healing of the body, there's so much stress and unforgiveness and the emotional, what it, what it does to our bodies, it, it affects us. And we need to have some understanding uh, about forgiveness. Actually, not knowing if I couldn't give forgiveness, it's actually hard to accept forgiveness. I wasn't accepting the fullness of what God had for me because I was not forgiving. And I had to have a course adjust, adjustment, and, um, and that's what God did. I was really in a, a place, I was torn between the world and, and God. I was, I was seeking God, but then there was this part of me, I was just hurting, just like you don't care. I remember I, I just went to a bar I just wanted to get out of my misery. So I'm just going to drink. I'm going to forget about all this. But God was there. And I even, you know, first when he showed this, I thought, this isn't fair. What are you doing in a bar? But everyone's laughing. Everyone's having a, a big time. And the Lord calls me to see. I'll never forget. I started looking at each person that's laughing. And I saw their heart. It was the saddest thing I ever saw in my life. 
Each, each person was laughing on the outside, dying on the inside. And it was all a cover-up because of a broken place in their life, a, a broken heart, a heartache. And, and it was just, I couldn't handle it. It was just the, the, the burden over, over this was just overwhelming to see every person's heart. It was just like a, a negative. I mean, uh, I would see them and then see straight into their heart. And I'd see this, this hardness and this hurt and this aching. I would feel the hurt and ache for them. And I saw each person. And I, I got out of there. Take it anymore. I said, Lord, I know that was true. I know that was you. And I just, I just went home and I just, I just kept seeking the Lord. And I, I got given a book by Corey Tim Boone. How many have heard of Corey Tim Boone? She wrote a book called The Hiding Place. Awesome book. Uh, really ministered to me. It was uh, her and her family hid Jews, in case you're not familiar with it, during um, World War II. And Hitler and uh, the forces were trying to kill. Well, they killed or genocide 5.5 million Jews. And Corey Tempoon and her family were keeping hiding Jews, and they, they wound up getting captured and, and caught. By the way, World War II is the bloodiest war, uh, I believe it still is, uh, in ever that's ever been recorded. 19.3 million civilians. And there were some prisoners of war were killed. Can you? It's bad. But anyway, Corey Tim Boom uh, goes to pri- a concentration uh, concentration camp with her sister Betsy. And I read the hiding place, and she came out for sequel. This this other book, I forgot the name of it. But she was a minister at that point, and she went back to the, uh, the camp that she was in, the prison camp, and she got to minister there. And she was ministering on the love of God, and she said the, the guy who was over that camp, the one who was responsible for killing uh, her sister, Betsy, was there. And he was moving up towards her, and she said a very brief prayer, said, Lord... I just, I can't, greeting, meeting, give me the love that you have for him. Give me that love. And so he got there and he puts out his hand, and she said she went past the hand and hugged him with the love of God. And she said that she felt so much love for him, and he said, isn't it great that Christ forgives us? She goes, it's awesome. And that he loves us that much. Well, I knew I had to do something. When I read that, I said, I've got to do something. So I said, Lord, I forgive. I was going through a divorce. And, and I said, I forgive. And I release all of that. I forgive. And I go through this forgiveness thing. I finish. And I hear, hey, Bob. The Lord spoke to me. It was an audible voice. I look, I got, I'm looking around to see who walked in the room. Nobody's there. And then it hit me. I knew it was the Lord, His voice. The love of God from Him just saying, hey Bob, 
was more love than I've ever experienced in my life. Before then and since, I mean, it was just overwhelming love. I basked, the only way I can say it, in that love the rest of the night. Just waves and waves of love went up and down my body. And I, I'm, I'm up and I go to work the next day and nothing could keep me quiet. And I told my best friend who looked at me like I had just laid in the egg. And I could tell he was wondering about me. And he was a, a good good brother, a loving man. And his church didn't believe that way. And he was of the Baptist denomination. Nothing wrong with Baptists. They're getting some people saved. Amen. But uh, I came in that Monday and uh, there's my friend. He's lit up like I was the Friday before. And he comes running to me. He said, Bob, I got to talk to you. I said, sure. And he said, I went to church Sunday, and the Sunday school class, my pastor talked and said he was taking questions, and a lady asked him, have you ever heard God speak to you? And he said, yes. Guess what he said? I said, I don't know. What did he say? He goes, hey, Wilbur. <laughs> I said, God, you're so good. Had my best friend back. And we were trucking with Jesus. I'm telling you, there's power in forgiveness. It helped me for things that would come up in, in pastoring and ministering <laughs> to, to know to let it go quick. It's, it's not worth it. Let it go. And that's why I want to talk to you a little bit about the power of forgiveness and letting those things go. It can affect your entire life. Everything changes for the good at that time, at that point. One of the confirmations was Ron. Ron, come up and get a mic. And Ron was doing some things for me at the house. And he starts talking about, now get this, I, I had just been up praying and the Lord said do forgiveness. He starts talking about forgiveness. I turned on the TV later, forgiveness. I opened the book, forgiveness. I said, okay, God, I got it. <laughs> Pastor Bob said I couldn't tell any jokes today, so sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> let me walk away from my family. Um, you know, when I experienced my own healing, it began with forgiveness for me. I, um, I had forgiveness in one hand and you know i had i had this anger inside me i don't you know it was it's hard to explain but it's like hey zach how you doing buddy i was i was in a jail cell when i forgave my father okay I had no idea what was wrong with me. I, I, I couldn't figure it out. I was asking God. I'm sitting there in this room, and I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I asked God. I said, what is wrong with me? 
And I knew on the surface what was wrong with me. I, I could tell all the things that came along with who I was then, you know. Um, and y'all know what I'm talking about. When you're living for the world, you know. You smiling back there, Dave. I, <laughs> he took me back to a time when I was nine years old. And I had totally blocked this out. I totally forgot about it. Um, I was standing above my father, and I had the biggest knife that I could find in the house. And I was looking at him, and I hated him. I hated him with all that I was. And I was looking at his face, and I asked God, why shouldn't I kill him? And this is a nine or ten-year-old boy. And I, I stood over him looking at him, and I felt this. I didn't hear an audible voice from God, but this is the first time I heard God's voice. It was like inside me. He said, because I love him too. And I did not understand that. I could not figure out why. I was like, why would you love somebody like this? Somebody that treats me the way that he treats me. Somebody that treats my family the way that he treats me. And so I came back to this jail cell, and I just completely just started. I just broke down. I, I forgave my dad in that moment because I knew who I was then, that he forgave him. He forgave me, and, you know, it changed me. And... Thank God for that, and it, and it changed me into being, I guess, who I am now. <laughs> um, that was a healing process for me, for, be, beginning with forgiving my father. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, one more thing. Can I say one more thing? To my family, if I've ever said anything or done anything, forgive me. Ella, I love you. Forgive me. Amen. Power and forgiveness. This is something Corey Tim Boone said. To, ver to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Boy, isn't that the truth? Understanding forgiveness. Number one, there in your notes, I can forgive even if I still feel the pain. That many people say, I just can't forgive because I still feel this pain. But I want you to know, you can still forgive even though you feel the pain. Because forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. A choice that you make in obedience to God's word. It's what forgiveness is. If you're waiting for a feeling, you might never get a feeling. In fact, your emotions aren't going to change until you stop meditating and, and focusing on what you are thinking about that caused the pain. There has to be a change. There has to be a release in your soul, your emotions. There has to be that decision to make forgiveness. And when you do make that decision, your emotions will follow you. They'll follow later. It'll, and sometimes it's a process of time. 
But you still, you made the decision to forgive, and you walk it out each and every day. You're walking it out, that, that forgiveness. And there will come a time where your emotions will catch up with that decision that you made. And you'll no longer feel the pain. And that's what we want to get to, of course. Think about Jesus. Jesus suffered more than any other person. He was mocked. He was spit on. He was persecuted, whipped. Uh, a nail was put in his hands and his feet. Just, just think of all he, he went through. Yet, what did he do at the cross? In Luke 23, verse 32, there was also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. When they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the criminals, one on the right hand, on the other on the left, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. I want you to know, Jesus, when he did this, was still in pain. Emotional pain. Um, he, was, he was feeling physical pain. But you know what Jesus did? He made a choice to forgive. If Jesus on the cross can choose to forgive, we can choose to forgive. We can make that choice. You might think, well, Jesus didn't have the same emotions and the, the, go through the same things that I go through or I've been through. Well, let me read to you Hebrews 2 verse 14. Since the children are made of flesh and blood, it's logical that the Savior took on flesh and blood in order to rescue them by his death. By embracing death, taking it into himself, he destroyed the devil's hold on death and freed all who cower through life, scared to death of death. It's obvious, of course, that he didn't go to all this trouble for angels. It was for people like us, children of Abraham. That's why he had to enter, enter into every detail of human life. Then when he came before God as a high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself, all the pain, all the testing, and would be able to help where help was needed. I want you to know Jesus felt the same emotions as you and I have. He felt the, the shame. He felt the rejection. He felt the betrayal. He felt the disappointment. He felt the fear. He felt all those things. He went through the, all the, the emotions that, that we do. Yet he chose to forgive. He chose to let it go. Forgiveness is a decision made on obedience to God's word. Number two, I can forgive even if the one who hurt me hasn't asked for forgiveness. Have people say, look, I'm going to forgive them once that person comes and tells me they're sorry or they repent, whatever. But I want you to know you can go ahead and forgive even if they never do say they're wrong or say they're sorry. You make a decision on your part, you go ahead. The reason we can forgive in the first place is because someone paid our debt. In Matthew 6, verse 14, in prayer there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Well, I want you to see, to forgive, 
is not a, a conditional thing. There's no conditions. You're told to forgive. You're commanded to forgive and to let that thing go. If you don't, you cut yourself off from the grace. You can handicap, you limit yourself. Why? What you're really doing, you're denying the cross where God paid the price for the sins of all mankind and you're saying that you're higher than God and you're judging. I don't think we want to be there, do we? But I want you to see, Jesus forgave us before we had a chance to admit we were wrong. Was anybody around at the cross? No. He forgave us. And if any of you were alive during, before the cross, we'll just go where the Bible says he was slain before the foundation of the world. We don't think you were there. I'm really having some doubts you were there before the cross, but well, I want you to see, <laughs> no, I want you to see that you forgive whether they ever say they're right, I mean wrong, or, or what, you forgive. Uh, Mark eleven twenty five. 25, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Let it drop, leave it, let it go, in order that your Father, who is in heaven, may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings, and let them drop. Unforgiveness hinders your prayers, what it's saying here. Why? Because everything that we receive is because of the cross. And we're violating what the cross provided. Forgiveness. God looks at the heart. It's kind of like uh, Jesus told the, the parable um, about the the man who owed, I looked up when it was 10,000 talents, I believe. Uh, I forgot how I looked up. It was like over $200 million. And this other guy owed like $17. The king forgave the $200 million debt, forgave the debt. And then this one who got forgiven goes over to somebody that owes $17. And they can't pay the $17 and he puts them in prison. Puts a hand to their throat. <laughs> it didn't go too well with the king when he found out. Because the truth is, when you look at what Jesus did for you and the forgiveness and the cross and the price that was paid for you and I, for our eternity, anything that can be done to you in this earth is a $17 debt compared to the unlimited amount that was paid for your salvation. So we have no excuse but to forgive. Well, I don't feel like... Forgive! Then ask how you feel. I have pain. Get rid of your pain by forgiving. And God will start healing your emotions. Well, if they'll come to me and tell me they're wrong, I'll forgive them. Well, you're in the prison and don't even know it. Well, things are going okay for me. No, they're not. I know what the Word says. You're in prison. People carry hurts and pains and disappointments and they, they live in that place. And God wants His people free. We should be free and quick 
to forgive and let it go. Sometimes it's, it's forgiving yourself. You know, you, you think back, I blew it. I had this opportunity or I blew it here, I blew it there. And, and we have trouble forgiving ourselves. But you're not higher than God. God's forgiven you. Forgive yourself and let it go. Besides, God's bigger than your mistakes. I've said that many a time to God. I'm so thankful you're bigger than my mistakes where I've blown it. I'm so thankful that your plan B is even as good as your plan A. I believe you put a little icing on the cake, it's even better than plan A. Because God's a creative God. He can do it. So you've got to let go of the hurts. And really the the sin issue, as far as God is concerned, has been dealt with at the cross through Jesus Christ. The sin issue, he's dealt with. Now it's the Jesus issue. What will you do with Jesus? What about this forgiveness matter? Jesus has already forgiven me, right? Yes, he's forgiven you. But see, it says there is an unrighteousness in your soul that you need cleansing of. And you come before God and you repent, and it washes out the unrighteousness out of your emotions, out of your mind, your thinking, and you get it off of you. God's not impressed with your holiness. I tell you the truth, your holiness... I'm not, I'll just share a brief part of it. I had a dream years ago where I saw the Lord, and I thought I was living as good, as spotless, as, I mean, I was on a high with God. Everything's going good. You know what I did when I got before Him? I was a slobbering baby crying, saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, he was so holy, so perfect, I, I couldn't even say a word. <laughs> He's not impressed with our holiness. Your holiness doesn't cause God to love you more. Your unholiness causes you to love God less. Your unholiness causes the law of sin and death to operate in your life and you're acting like a carnal person who is part of this world and not walking in the kingdom and the kingdom plan and you're not experiencing the blessing and you're wondering what God's up to and why He's doing this to you when you're doing it to yourself because you're cursed, you're walking under the curse instead of the blessing because you don't know the kingdom way. That's the reason won't you walk in According to his word, he wants you blessed. He tells you what to do. Well, I just can't do it. What about grace? What about grace? I heard the other day a, a, a guy was saying, you know, Jesus Christ hadn't done one thing for me. I thought, what a lie. Truth is, Jesus Christ has done everything for you. Everything. Just the opposite. God's a good God. But we got to forgive. We got to let it go. People sabotage their lives and hurt them, their own happiness because of the unforgiveness. Hebrews 12, 14. Pursue peace with all people in holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. 
looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. God's will is always forgiveness. Always forgiveness. It's always healing. It's always forgiveness. Healing and forgiveness go together, especially emotional healing go together. And we know by the stripes of Jesus, he, he took stripes for our emotional healing. But if you refuse to forgive, a root of bitterness is going to come up. And that root will spring up, and the next thing you know, you have a, a tree that's bearing fruit. And all you're doing is spreading bitterness around you. And it will eat you up. Number four, I can forgive even though I can't forget what happened. You can't forgive. Even though you, you, this is still so strong, you can't forget it. You don't have to forget it to forgive. How many have heard the phrase, for, forgive and forget? It's not biblical. It's not biblical. We've just... Pulled up, that's the way I was taught. Forgive and forget. And now I had trouble forgetting. I forgave, but I just, I'm trying to forget. And the more I tried to forget, the more I remembered. <laughs> but that's what the teaching was. That's what they said. Forgive and forget. I said, well, God, I'm supposed to forget here. I'm having trouble. But then you look at the scriptures. That's not what God does. So look at this, Hebrews 8, 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Now, if you forget something, you're unable to recall it. Right? He didn't notice he said, I will remember no more. He didn't say, I will forget it. If you remember something, you can recall it by exercising your memory. What God does, He chooses not to remember. He chooses to. And if you want to take it literally that God forgets, the truth is we're not God. We have enough trouble trying to remember something. than to make ourselves forget something. There's healing for the emotions. Supernatural healing. Forgiveness is supernatural because it's obedience to God. It'll set you free. God chooses not to recall what we have done. Jesus commands us to forgive not once did he command us to forget. It's not in Scripture. Just something that we've heard and been taught. So we can choose to forgive. Now, we shouldn't dwell on those, that event and those things. We need to renew our mind to God's goodness. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be being known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, 
Whatever things are noble, wherever things are just, wherever things are pure, wherever things are lovely, wherever things are good, of good report, if there's any virtue, is there anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. If you meditate on the goodness of the Lord, that healing for your emotions to come. Ask God. Say, God, I thank you by your stripes my emotions are healed. And God will heal your emotions. And then when you have that memory, it's a neutral. There's no more pain with it. You can think of the memory all day long. It doesn't bother you. It, it doesn't bother me what I went through. In fact, I've changed my whole thinking on that. Where I blame my ex-wife, I blame myself completely now. After walking with God, I wasn't a leader. I wasn't a spiritual leader. I wasn't doing the things I needed to be doing. I, I had to call her up later and say, forgive me. No, it shocked her. It did, it did me too that I had to do it. <laughs> Anybody been there? Sometimes you got to go, go do it. You got to tell that person. But I did get the witness. So you lose, you get rid of that toxic memory and you're able to have that memory but the pain's not attached to it. Number five, when I forgive, I'm being strong. People think, man, you're just a wimp. You, to forgive that, I wouldn't forgive that. That's what the world says, you know. You, you need to man up. You're just so weak. You're a doormat. But see, the world says you're a doormat, but God says you're powerful. Amen. God says you're being strong because you're doing what Jesus did. You're forgiving. You're letting it go because it's a prison. It's like, it's like unforgiveness is like drinking poison and wanting the other person to die. <laughs> you drink it, who's it affecting? It's affecting you. And God wants us free from that. Choosing to forgive puts God back in control of your life. The truth is that event's been controlling you and driving your life. Or that person, or whatever it is, has been driving and controlling your life. Once you forgive and let go, God gets back in the driver's seat. He's back in control of your life. How many want God in control of your life? 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And then he told me, My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own inner weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating, appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations and strive. And with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accident, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over, and so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Read that verse last week, talking about Paul and all he went through. He was able to give God glory. He was able in, in prison 
after being thrown in for his faith, he was able to lift up his voice at, at midnight and sing praises to God. How many of us will have been complaining to God? He starts glorifying God. And then the earthquake comes and just opens the prison's doors. No ceilings came down, no damage, just the doors opened. And some salvation came forth. <laughs> he said, well, pastor, I hear you, but I just can't let this go. Don't let your emotions fool you. See, the truth is, when you were birthed into God's family, he gave you the ability to forgive. It's called grace. Grace is empowerment. It's ability from God for us to obey him. He's just waiting on you to make the decision, and then his grace comes alongside and empowers you with that. God wants you free. It's a day and an hour that we don't want to play games with God. We want to be free. We want to be strong. We want to hear his voice. No matter what he says, we need to be ready and alert. And that's one of the things we got to be ready. We got to be wide awake because of the day that we're living in. And forgiveness is one of those things that we have to do. Forgiveness means to send away, to yield up, to let go of, let it be. Sound like a good name for a song, let it be. Disregard, give up the debt, not to hinder, to expire. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. If you have a place that God has put his finger on this morning, a place of unforgiveness, I want you to let that thing go. I want you to let that unforgiveness go. Maybe it's your mom, dad, maybe it's a co-worker, maybe it's your sister, brother, maybe it's yourself. You need to let that go. Because God wants you free. He wants that thing out of your life. He didn't want you to be a prisoner. He will bring an earthquake into your life and open the prison door and you can walk out. The door is named forgiveness. Just walk out. Let it go. Walk out. It's a choice. It's a choice. Maybe you were abused, molested. Let it go. Say, I forgive that person. And just say it to yourself, I forgive them. And then you say, Father, bless them and minister to them. And God, heal my emotions. Some of you were never loved as a child. And you regret that. Let it go. You have a perfect father now. He's a perfect father. And he loves you. And he forgives you. And he pulls you close. You gotta let him go. It's the 
somebody here has a co-worker that you need to let go. This co-worker stabbed you in the back and done some things and you have to be around them a lot and you you got this grudge, you got this hurt in you and you've got to let it go. Because God wants you free. Somebody here is, is, has unforgiveness against God. Not that God's not perfect. It's just you said, God, why this? Why this? And you've had feelings against God. You need to let that go. God is goodness. He's, he's for you, not against you. He is the healing. Father, I thank you for each person receiving the ministry of your Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering to each and every one, setting them free. Free from all unforgiveness. Free from all regret and disappointment. Free from every betrayal, every rejection, every abuse. free in Jesus name in Jesus name and Father I pray for the healing of the emotions that there would be wholeness that mind will that soulish part that there would be healing Lord thank you Jesus thank you Father Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, while your heads are still bowed, is there anyone here that you need to call upon the Lord today? He said to all those that would call upon Him, He would save. If I was to ask you, how would you get to heaven or why would God let you into heaven and maybe your answer would be because I'm a good person the Bible doesn't say because you're a good person you go to heaven maybe you say I'm, I believe in God the devil believes in God he's not going to be in heaven Well, I just hope I get to heaven. You won't get there hoping. And somebody's got to love you enough and honor you enough to tell you the truth. If that's your reasons, you're not going. Maybe your parent called yourself, called you a Christian, but because your parents called you a Christian or you were raised in a Christian home, doesn't mean you're going to heaven. It's a relationship with Him. He said, I know them. Those are ones that come in. I know them. I have a relationship with them. There were some that came and he said, I don't know. There's no relationship. Maybe you have prayed this before, but you know you've, you've let that relationship go and you need to come back home. I'm going to ask you right now, if that's you, we'll pray together. Let's lift your hand. You want prayer. 
come back to Jesus or to call Him Lord for the first time, to get right with God, just lift your hand. We'll pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price that was paid for my forgiveness. I receive it. Thank you, Lord, for dying for me, for loving me so much. Even when I couldn't tell you how sorry I was, you forgave me. You took my pain. You took my shame. You took my guilt. You took my sin. You took my sickness. You took my disease. You took my fear. You took it all for me. And I'm grateful for all eternity. I will thank you. And I will praise you. And while I'm living on this earth, look out, devil. Here I come. Because I'm bringing good news that my God lives. And I belong to Him. And nothing can stop us. Because you with Jesus is a majority. Thank you, Lord. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.